Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Brandeo Collection podcast. Today, I thought it would be a great idea to kind of get back together after some time and talk about a lot of different things that are going on in the pop culture collecting world, especially with the autograph collecting world over the last month. Since we've now moved into 2024, things are starting to heat up and move in the direction of where we're going to go and what exciting opportunities come up in the brand new year. And I'm also going to touch on some of the exciting things that we've added to the collection since the last time we all got together in this format. So as always, we're going to jump into things. We'll talk about a couple different topics so that way we can jump in there. Now, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, like and subscribe uh, and all of that fun stuff. If you're listening to us in the audio format Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, We're going to go through and talk about all these different topics, but of course, as always, there may be some situations where things get a little visual, so you can join us over on our YouTube channel to get the full picture of everything we're talking about, but I'll do my best to describe all the things we're talking about in enough detail. So no matter what type of format you may be watching or listening us to, uh, you can get the full picture of everything that we would like to discuss. So let's jump right into things. And before I actually talk about the bigger topics I really wanted to jump into today, I want to talk about some of the new things that we've experienced. And of course, some of the new items we've actually just recently added to our collection. And the one I actually want to start with is something that's not even autograph related. And that is our comic book collecting, which we actually rarely talk about here on our channel, just because I'm not as entrenched in that community as I was years ago. Um, There was a time where I was doing that as the only form of collecting, uh, was collecting all different types of comic books across Marvel, DC, whether that be um, Silver Age books, Copper Age books, all the way up to modern, more recent books that came out right on the shelves. And over that time, I've kind of pinpointed and really focused my collection to go directly to your Silver Age, Bronze Age, Copper, um, whatever you want to call those different ages, Silver and After, really, uh, Age of Marvel Comics. So starting from about the 1950s and 60s, uh, the beginnings of what we know nowadays as Marvel Comics, all the way into uh, the modern day for any big uh, comic book keys that may exist for modern books, but mainly focusing on from the early 60s all the way up to about the early 1990s. So that's kind of the main focus is that those couple decades there and specifically focusing on Spider-Man. So I'm currently trying to finish a run of Spider-Man comic books. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit on some of our other content, if you've watched or listened to us before. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is collect all of the initial Steve Ditko run of Amazing Spider-Man. And what those are is starting with Spider-Man's first ever appearance in Amazing Fantasy 15, all the way up to Amazing Spider-Man number 38. So those are the issues that Steve Ditko did the art for. And of course, those are the first issues of Spider-Man in general. So those are the creation of the character as we know today, but a lot of other really big moments and characters that we have come to know and love today as well that show up in those first 39 issues or so. Now, of course, because these are the first 39 issues of the most popular character in the entire world, arguably, it's it's between Spider-Man and Batman as being the most popular across the entire planet. Um, but I I might be biased, but I think Spider-Man edges Batman out just slightly. I think Spider-Man might be slightly more popular than Batman across the world. We can kind of fight in the comments below. Which one do you think? I actually want to put that out. Which superhero, whether it be Spider-Man or Batman, which one do you think is consistently the most popular across the entire world? Not just the United States, but the whole world. Which one do you think is actually the most popular? So I'm curious of what you think, but I think it's Spider-Man. And so in those cases, 
those books are pretty dang expensive. <laughs> the books, those first 39 books are pretty significantly expensive. So it's been very difficult to really focus in and add those pieces to the collection. I have been luckily very successful of adding a lot of these books in the raw format. So that just means the book itself, it's not graded. It's just in whatever condition it's in from whether it be an original condition or in a pretty rough and damaged condition, that's gonna be your raw copies. And that's what I focus on. I focus more on having the piece in the collection over actually having the most pristine and perfect version of that specific book. So by having a complete version of that book, so it has all the pages, even if they're waterlogged, even if they're ripped or damaged or burned or whatever it may be, even if all the pages are there, that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for something to say, I have this specific issue of Amazing Spider-Man in my collection so I can say I'm closer and closer to finishing the run that I'm trying to complete. And that's where I'm at right now. And right now, the lowest number I have is number five. So I've made it down to number five. I'm in the single digits of a couple different issues I have. I actually have a couple single digit issues, including the most recent pickup. So this past weekend, as I'm recording this, so the end of January of 2024, um, we had the Garden State Comic Fest. So this is a convention, a Comic-Con per se, that they hold multiple times through the year. Sometimes they hold it twice a year, sometimes they hold it more, um, but it's usually average about twice a year they hold it. They have one during the winter, which is the one that was this past weekend, and then they have another one in the summer that's a much bigger event. So that one's at a significantly larger venue where the winter one is actually in a barn, <laughs> believe it or not. And now when I say barn, you're probably picturing a place with just a bunch of animals in there and it's cold, especially in January on the East Coast. Um, you're thinking cold. No, it's it's in a barn, but it's a modern day uh, place. It's at a county fair. So it's in a location that the building is heated and, and it's safe from the weather and all that type of stuff. But it is uh, in a county fair uh, location in this indoor place. So it's a cool, different type of location for a Comic-Con, even though it's a really small event for at least the winter event, but I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. And some of my vendors that I regularly buy for um, are there. So it's nice to see them catch up and of course, see what type of deals we can work on based on the relationship I ha I've built uh, with a lot of these uh, guys and, and girls over the last well, roughly, it's been it's been almost 10 years uh, since I was actively collecting comic books. So it's it's crazy to see that. And this weekend, I did go in with a low budget. I didn't want to buy anything too crazy. I didn't want to spend crazy amount of money, but I want to see what types of deals I could get. And I was actually successful in adding another number to my Spider-Man run, adding Amazing Spider-Man number eight. So number eight, so once again, another low single digit issue of the initial run of the creation of Spider-Man. So it's great. So like I said, number five is the lowest number I have currently. We've now added number eight. So that leaves us with a lot of big open gaps that are still needed to add to the collection. I still need a, like an Amazing Fantasy 15. That one's just super unattainable unless I hit some major lottery or um, somebody wants to hand me hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of dollars <laughs> until that happens. And if that ever happens in my lifetime, um, then I'll be able to afford and purchase Amazing Fantasy 15 uh, because at minimum, if you have a complete version of that book, you're in $15,000 and that's a rag. And I might even be low on that. It might be closer to over $20,000, going up to maybe $50,000. Um, I know that a graded, higher grade copy of that book went for over a million dollars about a year or two ago, breaking the record for the highest selling comic book of all time, actually beating out Action Comics number one, which is the first appearance of Superman. So that's considered the creation of superheroes in general, that Action Comics one and Spider-Man 
beat that out. So that's why I'm saying I think Spider-Man's the most popular in the world, because he beat out the creation of superhero comics in general, of what at least is considered to be what is the modern-day superhero creation of Action Comics 1. So that Amazing Fantasy 15, as much as I would love to have that in my collection at some point in my life, I'm realistic that that might not happen, but who knows? The miracles have happened before uh, in the past. You never know what might come up in the future. But other than that AF-15, as it's called, uh, you have, of course, Amazing Fantasy um, 15. You have Amazing Spider-Man number one, two, three, and four, which have a lot of the big major Spider-Man villains introduced in there um, that are needed for them to go ahead and uh, finish out my collection. So those might happen. Those first four are really super expensive. They're in the thousands of dollars range. But in the technical sense, they're more obtainable in the scheme of things than anything you could possibly think about getting Amazing Fantasy 15. So it's going to happen one day that I'll have at least that Amazing Fan Amazing Spider-Man run in my collection but that Amazing Fantasy 15, that one is the goal, the dream uh, at some point in my life of owning a, a piece of that original book, at least in my collection. But like I said, we have that number eight that we've now added to the collection this past weekend at the Garden State Comic Fest. Um, a couple other books I got. Um, I did get the New Avengers number seven, which is a more modern book. Um, that is the first appearance of the Illuminati team, which we did see in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And hopefully we see a more fleshed out and more kind of uh, useful <laughs> version of that team in the MCU at some point in the future. Um, and then the other one I got here is the Spectacular Spider-Man number 99, which is the first cover appearance, but the second comic book appearance of The Spot, which is the villain from the current uh, Into the Spider-Verse trilogy. So, of course, he wasn't in the first movie, but he was the villain in Across the Spider-Verse. And I believe he'll be the villain in Beyond the Spider-Verse uh, whenever that third movie comes out. So... Uh, I wanted to, to get that one. That's not an expensive book. And each of these three books I did get for really, really great prices. The New Avengers and the Spectacular Spider-Man books, those books were both under $20. So nice and easy, really good grade versions of these books. I got them once again in raw copies, uh, but I did, am happy to add them to the collection. And then the Amazing Spider-Man number eight, it does have a tear that goes across from the spine to the middle of the book, but when the book's in your bag and board, and I have it in a nice safe uh, area and location in, in the um, comic boxes, actually, uh, when I have it in there, you wouldn't even know that it, it's there because that tear is thin. You notice it, of course, when you take it out of the bag, but uh, you wouldn't know just by looking at it from a distance or just looking at it on display. So I'm really, really happy to have that in the collection now to keep and continue for that. As it stands right now, there's only seven books left, including the AF-15. There are seven books left in order for me to complete the run that I'm trying to complete with the initial Steve Ditko art. So that's kind of crazy. When I started, there were 38 or 39, however you want to do the count there. Um, there were 38, 39 books that I wanted to add, and I'm down to only seven until I'm fully completed with at least what I want to do. Of course, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably even thousands of issues of Spider-Man in the different series he had. And every time they restart back to number one again on Amazing Spider-Man or the other series he does, um, there's tons of books if you want to go down that rabbit hole, but I just wanted to pinpoint to the ones that mean the most to me uh, and the ones that I really wanted to add. So like I said, uh, just wanted to kind of start things out talking about a recent experience at a Comic-Con. It's the first one we've attended since New York back in October of 2023, so it's always exciting to have another uh, more local comic book event, something that's a little smaller. They had a wonderful turnout, at least on Saturday when I went, um, but it's great to, to see those being supported, uh, and it's great to get out and just kind of see everybody and, and talk to all these different people within all these different collecting communities. 
All right, so we talked about the Garden State Comic Fest, what we picked up at the event, some of our experiences there. Now let's jump into the world of autograph collecting, which I know is kind of our primary focus here on our podcast. Um, but every now and then we like to jump in and talk about some of the other things that interest us and some of the other things that I'm collecting. But we have a couple different things that I want to jump into here, um, some exciting and some different, uh, I should say, uh, things com- that I wasn't expecting, but it does bring up some interesting topics that I did want to discuss and go over. And as I'm jumping through a lot of these topics, I'm very interested for those of you who are listening out there. I want to kind of get your thoughts on some of these topics we're going to discuss because we're going to go into some heavier topics. And I don't mean we're, we're going to keep it light here. We're not going to go that crazy. But uh, I do want to talk about some things that can be a little bit more of a difficult decision. Uh, things that maybe do require a little more thought behind them instead of just the, here's my credit card, let's buy the thing and, and move on. Um, there might be some more behind it. So that's a lot of those things. So the first thing that I actually want to start off with, which is actually what kind of started this thought in my head, this conversation, was we had the announcement of a brand new signing company. So there is a new signing company in the space who is starting to offer private signings. And the name of this new autograph company is Everest Autographs, just like Mount Everest. Um, It's Everest Autographs. So they announced the creation of this new company back at the beginning of January. And This company kind of just popped up, but they do have a connection to the history of private signings. The company was actually started by Chris Wyman, who was one of the main players at Official Picks. So he was one of the main kind of players in the background, helping with all these different private signings with the Star Wars stars at Star Wars Celebration back in the the big day, like back in the early 2000s into the mid 2000s, all the way up to the most recent events that happened over the last couple years. And so he's been a big part of that community, um, a big part of the success of official picks from behind the scenes. And him and his wife actually decided to branch off and start their own personal private signing company called Everest Autographs. And that was one of the big kind of exciting announcements that came up on uh, social media the last few weeks and people were talking about that and congratulating Chris on the success and the start of of his new company. And then they said that they were going to announce a new uh, signing. They were going to announce a signing with a really, really big celebrity. And everybody was wondering, okay, what person is going to be the first ever person to sign with this new company? And they announced that Kevin Spacey was going to be their first ever private signing. So that's Uh, a big one. And that's somebody who for a good amount of time was considered one of the top A-list actors in all of Hollywood. Like he was considered right there at the top uh, that you could possibly get within the most in-demand celebrities uh, for acting and, and in general. Now, when I hear the name Kevin Spacey, though, certain other things come up Uh, that have been come to knowledge over the last few years about his background and some of the more controversial things that he has done um, throughout his life that came out from there, which that is what snowballed and brought me into the thought of, okay, here's a topic we can discuss on this episode of the podcast and talk a little bit about celebrities with controversial backgrounds and how your personal feelings about that celebrity how it affects your ability to collect them on your pieces. So whether that be a poster you're trying to complete, whether it be an individual signed photo, a Funko Pop, um, whatever item you want to get signed, whether it be, like I said, a single signed item, or you need him on some other piece that has multiple other cast members on, uh, him or her, uh, in those cases. How do you feel about those things? And, and, does that personal that celebrity's personal life affect your views on how you feel about their characters and the different content that they have produced over their career? 
Now, Kevin Spacey, as I mentioned, is someone that a lot of people probably need on a lot of different pieces, whether that be, throw some random one out there, like A Bug's Life, or for better, let's say Seven, the movie Seven, or The Usual Suspects, or Baby Driver. Um, those are different types of movies. Superman Returns. Those are different pieces that people probably need his autograph on, and are probably waiting a house of cards a tv show that was really really big on netflix uh those are different situations but his kind of personal life that came out and some of the things that he has done that i'm not gonna get into here because this isn't really the place for it but his personal life and those things it kind of sours my feelings about him even though he is in a lot of movies and tv that I personally love and enjoy. Um, and that, personally for me, if it wasn't for those controversial things that he had done and his personal life, I probably would add a Kevin Spacey autograph to my collection. But as it stands for me personally, I'm not going to purchase his autograph, just to be completely transparent. I, I'm not going to, just because of my feelings about the things that he has done in his personal life, but does that affect you? And I would say, even though I personally am talking about my thoughts and my opinion, I am not trying to sway anybody's thoughts and change anybody's thoughts on if you are excited and if you are looking to add him to your collection. If this is somebody that you love and someone that you are really excited to add to a piece or a single signed item, go ahead. It's your decision. It's your money. It's your decision. And it's really up to how you feel at the end of the day when you look at that piece. If you look at it and you see it as the character and as the movie, as the property that you got that piece signed on, if you can look at it and say, okay, I see it as this character I love, this movie or television show I love, and that brings me joy, go ahead. If it brings you joy, it brings you joy. That's it. That's how you should feel at the end of the day. But if you can look at it something and say, it feels a little weird to have that, that's, that's where if you're riding that line, Think about it. Just think about it and and really go into that. So before I actually continue this, what I want to do is I want to actually take a look at Everest Autographs website at the Kevin Spacey uh, signing, which actually is up for order as of this recording is available, um, even though orders are due by February 11th. Uh, so that's coming up pretty soon, actually, uh, based on this recording. Um, but I'm going to I want to bring up and take a look at their website. So here's Everest Autographs website. Um, just to describe a little bit, we have Kevin Spacey's photo right there front and center, letting us know that the orders are due by Sunday, February 11th. If you're sending anything in to be signed, they are due by the 13th of February, which is a uh, Tuesday. Um, it is the first time ever him doing a private signing. He is a, like I said, a two-time Academy Award winner been a lot of different movies but as we kind of take a look at this page you can see he is doing personalization character names quotes all those things something interesting i saw here that is something i've never seen from any other celebrity private signing is that so most quotes are a requirement of eight words so eight words are the maximum so for example like if you're doing a signing through Swayu or official picks or any of the other uh, private signing companies, the maximum they'll allow is eight words here. He actually will sign up to 250 words for some of his monologues. Um, but if you want a quote, that's even longer than that, then you can actually email them and they can discuss what the fee would be to increase to do a full kind of monologue and whatever amount of words you want on that piece, which is kind of crazy to me that there's really no limit <laughs> to what uh, amount of words he'll write on there other than his name and personalization and, his, uh, of course, the character name. So that's kind of different to me, something I haven't seen before. 
Um, they have tons of different photos you can choose for for pre-order. Of course, people can send in items if they need to. Um, they do CGC. They have some send-in instructions. Uh, one thing that I see here, they're doing the model of two different types of authentications. Uh, Official Pick started doing this probably in the last year or so, I believe, um, where you can pay extra to get a, a more robust version of autograph authentication. So here they have two different ones. They have the Basecamp authentication. They have the Summit authentication. So Basecamp is doesn't cost anything additional. What that gets you is the hologram COA sticker and then uh, a database online that shows you the name of the signer, the date when the item was signed, and then what type of item was signed. So those are the three things you get when you have the just the free option for authentication. Now, if you pay an additional $10, I believe, you get the summit authentication. So on top of the things we mentioned earlier, you get where the item was signed, the theme of the item, any additional writing, a detailed description of the item, and then a photograph of the item once it's been signed. So those are the things you get if you pay an additional fee on top of um, the fee you're paying for the autograph itself. So that's something they give you for that. So you have those two different types, which is kind of strange to me. I, I know some other companies, like I mentioned, Official Picks has done that and they still do that currently. Um, but it seems kind of weird to me to pay extra to prove that my item is real when I'm already purchasing the item right there um, through that private signing company. Um, I usually just go with whatever authentication sticker and confirmation that company provides based on the fee I already paid uh, to get the item just signed. Uh, so that's for me personally, I just stick to either getting no authentication at all on the piece if there's an option, or I'm just going to do the, the base level. I'm going to do just the free option just to have the basic sticker and information. That's, that's all I need uh, for myself. Um, but as we kind of go through and look through what's on here and they go through their order form, they give you those different options where you can either pre-order a photo, you can send an item in, you can send a comic book in for CGC if it's somebody that that's applicable to. Um, they do have different tiered pricing based on the size of the photo that you're um, using here. So like 8x10, the base price it looks like for Kevin Spacey is $164.99. So $165, we'll round it up. So $165 for Kevin Spacey on an 8x10, um, which I got to be completely honest, I think is really, really great. I think that's an awesome price. <laughs> Um, that's significantly lower than what I thought Kevin Spacey would go for, even all things considered about how his career has been the last few years and, and everything that has gone with that. I still thought that he would be going for significantly more than $165 at a base price, but I gotta say, I'm impressed with the price at least. I, I gotta be honest with that. Um, but it goes up from there. So like 11 by 14 is 185 uh, 11 by 17 goes up to 197 um, and it goes all the way up to uh, 20 by 30, which is 359.99. So 360. So $360 for the biggest size, which is 20 by 30. So that kind of goes from there. Like let's look at the send in item. So a send in item, uh, it goes all the way up to 360 if you're sending in a full-sized prop statue base or bus stop poster. So if you're sending a giant poster or props or anything like that, um, you're going to get the highest price of almost $400. Um, but anything kind of smaller than that, it looks like 8x10s, DVD, Blu-rays, comic books, those have a uh, price of 160 So it actually goes to 160 as the low there. Um, for your send-in as well. So that's something uh, you can see that. Um, personalization is an extra $100. Character name is an extra $125. And then you can see here, I saw this. This was kind of crazy to me. We were talking about the quotes. So a maximum of eight words is $250 on top of the cost for his signature, the cost for personalization, and the cost for character name. So that's an extra $250 for the eight words. Now, you can see here, I mentioned earlier, eight words is the maximum that most private signing companies allow, but he can go up to, at least from this drop down they have on their website, he can go up to 80 words 
and 80 words would be an additional 200 and two. 2500 I should say. I can't even speak because I'm looking at this price. Um, it's an extra $2,500 for him to write out 80 words on top of the price you've already paid for the uh, signature, personalization, character name, if you got those additional things, but at least the signature at base, an additional $2,500 for him to write some extra words on there if you want him to write a full quote, which is absolutely insane to me. Um, no matter what celebrity I ever come across, I don't know any celebrity that I would pay an additional $2,500 to just to write a quote out to me on my photo. No matter how large the photo is, no matter how much I love that character and movie, blows my mind. To each your own, if you have the money to blow on that, <laughs> then more power to you, and I'm really happy that you have that type of money, but um, that's a very, very crazy to me um, for that. Like I said, I gotta be honest, I think the base price for him is awesome. I think it's great, um, especially for those of you out there who do wanna add him to your collection. I think that's a great opportunity and a wonderful price for, for those collectors out there. But otherwise, um, those additional things, the quote especially, um, is a little crazy uh, for that price. And then you have your authentication, as I mentioned. It, the base one is just free. And then if you want the more robust version of authentication, it's an additional $10. So you got all those additional costs that you can add on top of the signature um, if you personally want to add those things uh, as part of that. And then, of course, you can put in your uh, comments, special instructions, all those things. But it's interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see what these pieces are going to look like once they start coming in, especially since the items are due within the next two or three weeks or so. So considering that, probably the signing is going to happen within the next few months, and then we'll start seeing these pieces pop up on social media. I want to see what his private sit-down signing looks like, what pieces people got. If anybody actually went ahead and spent all that money on those giant quotes for uh, thousands of dollars, uh, I want to see what those pieces look like. But uh, it's very, very curious to see what this signing is and, and how that is. But other than the Kevin Spacey piece, there's two other signings that are kind of going on around in the autograph community across a couple different places that have two other celebrities that have some interesting pasts and things that have come up in the current uh current past, I should say, very, very current. Um, we have Alec Baldwin, who just did a signing with Swayu, um, who he's also been doing the con circuit recently. He was at Still Steel City Con at the end of last year. Um, he, I believe he's supposed to show up at another convention, but just recently he was charged again for the death of that um, uh, cinematographer on the Western movie he was working on when the gun he was using fired and actually killed uh, that cinematographer on the set. And it was kind of a back and forth, I know, of who was liable for that accident happening and who was liable for the gun actually having uh, ammunition in it uh, when it's supposed to not, of course, on a, on a set that's supposed to be safe for these movies. Um, and that was dismissed that original case was dismissed but just recently he was um indicted again to come back for those charges um for being liable on the death of that person so that kind of once again brings a little bit of a Okay, how do you personally feel about that person, about Alec Baldwin? He's in a lot of things, of course. There's a lot of different actors from Beetlejuice who are doing signings right now. Um, there's Winona Ryder. Uh, Michael Keaton just did another signing. Um, I think Catherine O'Hara is supposed to do another signing soon. So you have all these people from Beetlejuice that you can add to your poster or your items. And not only does Alec Baldwin have a kind of interesting past of things especially recently um but another person from beetlejuice jeffrey jones is supposedly supposed to be doing either conventions or private signings sometime this year and that's another tricky one 
Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who's the dad from Beetlejuice. He's the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's the bad guy. At least the guy that gets possessed in Howard the Duck <laughs> is another weird one. Uh, he uh, actually was charged uh, back in, I believe, the 90s or early 2000s uh, with child pornography. And that one alone really makes me shy away from collecting anything that has him on there. But I've seen people that are excited for him being added to their posters or events uh, or showing up at events uh, and they're different pieces. Um, I'm not judgmental for those people who are excited, but I also at the same time, I don't know how I could feel excited about that, even though I love Beetlejuice. And personally, I got to say, I can watch Beetlejuice without that ruining knowing that information it doesn't ruin my experience watching the movie now of course he's not like a super he's a big part but he's not that big of a part of the movie uh but it doesn't ruin it enough for me to not watch those but having his autograph is something much more personal an autograph in general is much more tangible and personal of a connection to the person that signed that item compared to just watching a movie. So if I'm watching a movie, I'm experiencing the story with the character that that person is playing. I'm not experiencing them. It's not them who I'm seeing and hearing. I'm seeing and hearing the character that I'm watching through that movie or television show. Whereas when I'm meeting them at a convention, or even if I get a private signing and I get a piece that's signed by them, that's signed by them, not their character. It's signed by that person. So you have a direct connection in some way to that person because of that. And when you have people that have done some things that are not so great, it makes you may make you feel a little kind of icky about it, <laughs> at least for me. And I know I don't want to ride the line here of my personal opinion. Once again, I do not, I'm not trying to sway somebody's opinion um, or their excitement or any of those things. I just have to speak to how I personally feel about these people in these situations because I, once again, we've talked about this, your integrity in collecting. I think that's a gigantic piece and making sure that the quality of your collection goes with the quality of your life. That sounds like a big thing. I was mentioning before, we're going to talk about heavy things today, but it sounds big and it is. But once again, do you want to look at a piece and go, oh, wow, I love that piece. I love it so much. I see it. I look at it every day and I say, wow, that's fantastic. I am so happy that I have it in my collection. No matter what that may be, whether it be an autographed piece like we're talking about, a comic book, um, a one-six scale figure, any of those things, you feeling that happiness is what it's really all about at the end of the day. Because that's why we collect. We all collect because... We want to feel that happiness, that joy that was brought to us by the property that we're collecting, whether it be a movie, TV show, comic book, any of those things. The joy that was brought to us either as kids or as adults, we're experiencing and having a piece of that that we own. We have that piece in hand that we can look at and enjoy all the time. And that is your biggest thing. Quality over quantity. If you look at something and say, why did I buy that? <laughs> why did I buy that? Then you start thinking, okay, what do I need to do here to really focus things in? Where do I need it to fit within my personal beliefs and my personal feelings on these topics. So once again, with all these people, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin, Jeffrey Jones, there's tons of probably of more people out there. Uh, I, of course, un and unfortunately, um, in the world of Hollywood, um, 
people who have done some bad things, if you are looking at them specifically, just as in our examples today, and you look at that later on and you go, wow, okay, I don't condone, I don't believe in, and it really makes me feel not great to really think about the things that this person has done um, that is against my beliefs and how I decide to live my life and how I try to move forward with my life. So that's how I look at it. And that's where I come to my conclusions about how whether I'm adding or not adding a person to my collection. Of course, do I have autographs in my collection? Star Wars, Marvel, any of those things. Do I have ones of people who are just random characters that showed up for like one movie or one scene? I have their autograph in my collection because of that. Yeah, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> All of us have that. No matter. You, you Don't kid yourself and think that you don't. You do. You do. I, I know you do. I know all of you do. At least one <laughs> have one of those pieces. But it's, that's different. That's really different than just collecting something just to have it. Uh, don't go to say, okay, I'm going to get FOMO and I'm going to miss out on this because I wasn't collecting so-and-so celebrity or not collecting this item or not collecting this. The FOMO, of course, is our number one enemy across all different types of collecting. You see it in the comic book community when books fluctuate in price all over the place on eBay and in the comic shops or in, at these comic cons and stuff. You see these prices go to crazy heights and then they come crashing down. Um, let's say a new character is announced in an MCU movie, the book goes from being like a $20 book to going being like a $500 book out of nowhere just because the announcement. Movie comes out, everybody goes, eh, movie wasn't that great. And now the book is back down to like a $20 book again. Only maybe six months to a year after the book, all the way went up to $500. So you might have spent $500 because of the FOMO. And then now you have a book that's only worth $20. So that happens all the time, every year, I see it at every single show I go to for that. Same thing applies for these autographs. Uh, you may have somebody that has the biggest career that they've ever had. They're these big people, and then all of a sudden, boom, nothing happens. They'd had one, one hit wonder, and then that was it. That was it. But even still, if you absolutely love that movie, you love that character, and they have a personal connection to you, Go right ahead. But don't collect it just because everybody else is. Just because everybody else is doing it, it's don't jump onto that. Because you're going to look at it years later and go, why do I even have this? Why do I have this? So think about your quality over quantity when you're collecting all different types of things, but especially autographs, I think, because autographs... As we've discussed previously, and as I've kind of seen as we've continued to grow this channel and this podcast, is that autograph collecting is much more specialized and a much smaller community than a lot of these other communities. And the world, autograph collecting in general, has been around since I probably the beginning of somebody could write a, on a paper and pen. Probably. You think all the way back to like papyrus and you go back to like Egyptian time and they're putting hieroglyphics um, to sign who the pharaoh is or who's the artist who's making these hieroglyphics. It's since the beginning of time, there's technically been autograph collecting and somebody probably was like, I love that guy that does those hieroglyphs. I'm going to collect that one. There probably was that person. That's just how we are as humans is that we look at people who have accomplished amazing things and say, I look up to that person. I want to support that person and I want a piece of that so that I can enjoy what that person does and what they create. So that's always happened. We have that connection as humans of having that excitement for going after and being a part of these things. But even still, it is still a very kind of tight knit and small community because 
all these different autograph companies that I've been talking about over the last year, uh, last couple years of my videos, the ones we kind of mentioned to today on this podcast, a lot of those people, they all interact with each other. They've all worked for each other. They've all been friends with each other at some point. There's been relationships that have been built. There's been relationships that have kind of gone away. There's been uh, drama that's happened between the different companies and the different people on a personal level. There's all these different interpersonal relationships and, and things that have happened because it's the same group of people who are running each of these things. And at the end of the day, yeah, no matter how big some of these individual companies may get, at the end of the day, they're still people. So we need to think about it that way, is that I collect because I love to collect. I love having, once again, these connection to these pieces. But at the same time, it also brings me that connection and has brought me some of my best friends have come from collecting because we have something in common. We have something that we've all enjoyed and it's grown initially, of course, it was because of that connection that we were doing the same thing. We were collecting the similar stuff, either whether that be Star Wars items, Marvel, any of those things. We were collecting the same things. But then it grew from there. And now I don't really talk to anybody of my friends anymore about autograph collecting. We talk about life because it's grown past that stage. But even still, there's still that connection. And I could still see on social media through these different uh, events, all these things, that all of these things are still interconnected. All these different conversations and histories between people are still coming up and still are a big piece of the behind the scenes and a big piece of how a lot of this stuff works. Uh, and... I think it's healthy to have some competition. It's healthy to be able to offer different things because not one company can offer everything. There's some companies that offer more than others. Of course there are, and there always will be. But I think it's nice that there are companies that offer the gigantic signers, like the big ones that have never signed before, the ones that show up at these big gigantic conventions like New York Comic Con, Emerald City Con. Um, you have the fan expos that happen across the world. Um, well, I should say the country, not really the world. I, I think they might get there at some point. Um, you have Star Wars Celebration. You have all of those different ones. And it's nice to have these different companies that have their specialties and their people that really focus in on those celebrities that show up for those events, because then that allows all of us in the collecting community to have opportunities and have these different things to do. So I think that that's fantastic. I think that's great. Uh, and I, I really hope that a lot of these companies stick around so that we have to continue, we continue to have all these opportunities uh, available to us. So whatever works the best for us as collectors, we're able to really take all those different options and go, wow, okay, I got so many options in front of me. I'm gonna jump right in and just grab what works the best for me uh, and what works best for the pieces that I'm trying to complete. So that's, I went a little bit of a tangent there on a lot of things, but I want to kind of have these little tangents and, and pieces that spread off of our main topic that we were talking about today with uh, the celebrities with controversial backgrounds and how you feel about those things. And really, once again, the other piece, of, the other branch of that topic is the quality over quantity piece of collecting in general. So those are a lot of the different topics I wanted to talk about. And I, I think we talked about a little bit of those and I, and hopefully that kind of makes sense, at least from my point of view of me talking about those. I, I really hope that you all get a general view of, and have some thoughts about those things. Now, once again, if you have some thoughts about what we talked about with the celebrities, the stuff about quality over quantity. I want to know your thoughts. Uh, let us know in the comments 
Also, feel free to send us messages on our social media pages. I've continued and started to really grow our Brandeo Collection TikTok page. So if you haven't already, uh, join us over there. I have some great content planned as we continue to really figure out how that system works um, and how we can really continue to grow that. Um, but I'm always active on our Brandeo Collection Instagram. That's kind of the main focus of my social media feeds uh, is our Instagram page and, of course, our YouTube channel, which is the primary focus all around. That's where we post all of our videos. Um, all of the video versions of our podcast are there on the YouTube channel. So join us there. Um, subscribe to that channel and everything so that way you're notified when we're posting new content, whether it be our short form videos or our longer form content, just like this. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking some time uh, to listen to me ramble on, as always, uh, about these topics. I am truly appreciative to everyone who has supported our channel up to this point and continues, and to everybody else who's listening in the future, I am appreciative to you, and I'm so happy that you've joined us here on this journey. Um, I couldn't have done it without any of you, and will be continue uh, to, to bring that gratitude to all of you here. If you haven't already, as I mentioned, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on our different podcast formats. We are available everywhere, so you can join us. If you're listening to us right now, then you probably do follow us. Uh, but if you don't and you just discovered, follow us. We have some exciting stuff uh, upcoming. And hopefully, as we get some more news within the pop culture collecting world, if we get anything else exciting, we'll do another episode of the podcast so we can join together and talk about that. Um, I do want to try to get some more guests on this podcast at some point. We're in the works of working on some things. So hopefully we can get that this year, uh, get some guests to join us. Um, but otherwise, uh, anytime we have some exciting topics to discuss, we'll jump on here in this longer format so we can uh, kind of get, I can get my thoughts off of my head uh, and we can discuss uh, in the comments and anywhere else uh, about those things and how you feel about those. I uh, love the... Um, communication, the comments, uh, and all of the interaction that I've had with all of you out there, those of you who've reached out to me, those of you who respond in the comments. Uh, once again, I'm appreciative to that, and uh, thank you so much again for the support. Uh, thank you again. We'll jump into that. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> A little bit too much, probably. You're saying, okay, are you wrapping it up now? Yes, we're wrapping it up now. Uh, we're going to jump into things, keep an eye on all of our channels, and as always, keep on collecting.